Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a man you've seen as the host of Cheaters. He's got a project now that is going to make you want to hug your dog. To the rescue, we welcome host Tommy Habib. How are you, my friend? Absolutely great. Let's go beyond the mic. Tommy, To the Rescue is the heartwarming series America needs right now. Why was this so important for you to do? Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you, I've been a dog lover and an animal advocate for many, many, many years since I was a kid. And the love that these guys have given me and, and helping me through my life, not even knowing it, as I got older, I realized what they gave me. And I wanted people to understand it and get a little taste of what, if you've never had a dog, I tell you, that will change your life. And so really, that's it. I wanted everybody to feel what what that love is like. And right now, as we're talking, you're fostering a dog right now. Your assistant is watching a dog while you do this interview. As a dog owner, there's so much unconditional love a dog gives you. No question. And I tell you what, I if you can go to my social media, you will see Steele on my social media, you know, on Facebook and Instagram. And this little guy is just, will just, you know, steal your heart. And I was in Arkansas at Humane Society of the Delta with Cassie Bissell from Bissell Vacuum. She brought me there, said, you really have to see this place. So we came in. It was overrun with over 400 dogs. Their capacity was 80, and they needed help, and they knew they needed help. So we came in, and the conditions, uh, they were trying their best, but the conditions were just outrageous. It was so sad. And, you know, there were just rats, and, you know, there's just no room for these dogs, and there's just was terrible. And so I found steel. Her mother, his mother had passed away and there was these three little puppies and I picked him up and the little puppies, they all were really, really sick. So two of his siblings didn't make it, but Steele made it. And I sent him to Michigan up with Kathy to a, a rescue up there in a humane society where he could get his veterinary care. They rehabbed him for the last three weeks. I couldn't take him at that point. I was traveling, filming. So I said, you guys get him well. And then I'm going to come to Michigan and get him. And what I want to do, I want the whole country to see him and have a chance to adopt him. And so we're going to do a big outreach next week. I'm doing a 50 city tour, a uh, satellite tour, and I'm showing, I'm showing steel. So he's He's world famous. This dog If somebody in the country is going to get a chance to, to take this blue-eyed, silver, beautiful dog home with them. And, I, you know, if you could see him, he'll just melt your heart. Now, this show is being shown nationwide in over 200 markets. Did you ever think when you started this that it would be so viral as it's become? When, you know, we started down the path, I just wanted, I just wanted to get the message out. And I didn't know quite what it was going to do. I knew, you know, my kind of sweet spot is syndicated television. I did get an offer from a network to air the show, and I we made it past that hoop. But if I could put it into syndication, this show could actually have a chance to have a long, long life, and it's going to give people that you know may not follow a certain cable network uh, a chance to see it. and And so I, I reached out 
I got an overwhelming reception of people saying, are you kidding me? It's sweet puppy dogs. You know, you guys are out there rescuing these dogs that are unadoptable and don't have a chance to live. And then you're bringing them back to health, right? And then you're finding them a forever home. We're, we're all across the U.S. And I didn't realize it was going to get this big of a, you know, America putting their arms around it. And, and, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I've brought a lot of television shows to market, but I've never had the overwhelming experience from TV stations to the public to advertisers. Advertisers are calling us going, listen, we know about your show. We saw a clip. We heard about it. We need something today. We need something warm and fuzzy. We're tired of getting beaten down every day. Our, our country is imploding. So we need something to bring our spirits up and something that makes you feel good. And so, I, I mean, it is really astonishing how the country has come together and advertisers out there saying, listen, we, we want our brand being associated with something, something nice. Just be nice, right? Exactly. And that's the best feeling. Yeah. What's the hardest thing for you when you go into a shelter or a situation where there are hundreds and hundreds of dogs? It's hard enough to save one dog, let alone save them all. Yes. You know, that is, that is probably the, the most difficult thing. And what I'm trying to, tried to do on all my shows is bring honesty and the reality of life, right? The humanity of life. And if you watch, you know, any of my other shows, you know, although they've been controversial, one thing you see for me is honesty. And when, you know, on, as you mentioned cheaters, when the clients were crying, I was crying with them because I felt what they were going through. And when I come into these, situations of whether it's a hoarder or, you know, an overrun facility, you know, these people, I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm angry. I'm going to come in and, and we're going to save these dogs. Let's get them out of here and get them help. And then you go in and you, you meet the people and you realize that their heart was in the right place at one time. They just got overwhelmed. And many of them, they do it for the love of the dog. Now there are these, horrific breeders there's puppy mills that are a problem and those guys i don't have a lot of you know a lot of respect for and so we'll go toe to toe and head to head with them but uh when it comes to people that you know they go i just want to rescue this dog or this dog and then all of a sudden it turns into 20 or 30 or 40 and they get out of control yes i come in and i would love to take them all and we will because we plan, right? And it's not really just me. What I do is I shed the light on these these rescue people. I come in with them and and show these angels <laughs> that are doing it for all the right reasons. And as we come into these things, and I, I try to show also that humanity of the rescuers. And then the person that got out lost, right? that couldn't afford to take care of all these dogs and they just couldn't say no because there were so many. If we can, we'll take them all. And there's enough rescuers out there that we can do that. And we can make that happen. 
And there's a whole bunch of people that are working in this mission. Sometimes it's hard because these people won't let them go. And that's where it gets tough. But and, and personally, yes, I'm going, let's just load them all up in my car. Of course, they can't, you know, it doesn't work. And, and I do, I didn't realize how much I would fall in love with so many dogs. And I've met thousands of them. And you and I'm at these places. You just, you look in their eyes and, and they just come over and they hug you and they just, you're going, please get me out of here. Right. And then like little steel, you know, when I found steel, there was a dead rat living in his, his little area. And, and this little guy right now, he will not leave my side. He's only eight, nine weeks, but he's just like glued to me. And it's the cutest thing. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I have to adopt him out and I'm liable to become a foster failure, but I can't, I know that somebody in this country is going to love them and find them that perfect home. Although I would love to be that, you know, my family has fallen in love with them too. And, and our other dog. And, and so we're just going to see what happens with little steel. We're talking with Tommy Habib, host of to the rescue beyond the mic, Tommy, you're a Dean Martin fan. <laughs> Why do you think there hasn't been a collection like the Rat Pack in today's entertainment? Is it ego? Is it overall talent? What made Dean so special, and why can't we find a collection of stars like that in today's society? Well, there has been, you know, a group of guys, actors that can, you know, come together and are friends, and they do do films, you know, like Clooney and and his team when they were doing the ocean series. But I'll be honest with you, you know, really the truth here is that Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Jerry Lewis, all these guys, and Dean holds a special place in my heart. He does. And, you know, uh, as a young boy growing up watching the Bob Hopes and, and these guys, I, I thought I was going to sing and dance my way through Hollywood. And I was going to go, that's what I was going to do. and, you know, I became an actor and that was my focus. And next thing you know, Dick Clark changed my life. And here I am. I'm, you know, became a more of a television personality uh, for the last 30 years. The whole thing and why there hasn't been is because these guys were beyond actors. They were entertainers. They did Vegas shows. And Vegas was a huge play, right? So they would go on and sing and do comedy and do their bits in Vegas as well as movies. The group, you know, that that whole tight-knit team, and when you travel, because I, I did stand-up and some comedy, and when you're touring and doing shows with people, it's a different atmosphere. Then you, these guys were doing movies, and it was a different time, and and there wasn't all the social media. And so these guys all became great friends and and did these shows in Vegas and went and did movies, and when you're doing in Vegas was a small world and I had the wonderful pleasure of getting to experience a little bit of that late in their career with Buddy Hackett as well. And, and getting to go see my dear friend, Buddy on his last show in Vegas, right at the Sands casino. And when it was the old, you know, it was just, this was classic Vegas. And, you know, people come together before the show, after the show, and it was truly, you know, different. It was so different than you experience in Hollywood. You know, I have a lot of friends as a young actor in Hollywood and being in the studio system a bit and 
you know, getting to know some of the guys and we did run together. But the reason I think that that happened is because it wasn't in just in Hollywood, but it was also in Vegas. And they were, they weren't as public because there wasn't the social media we have today. And so people, you know, movie stars were just different then. Well, time is running out, so it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There uh, is no pressure. <laughs> okay. Favorite breed of dog. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to make you answer. That's, you can't say that, and I can't give you the first answer. So my, my, one of my first most loved puppies that traveled with me across the country, a Weimariner named Traveler, and he was by my side for many, many, many years. But I've got a wonderful Portuguese water dog. So, I, you know, it's, we throw it up. But, I, you know, I do have to say the Weimariner is close to my heart. What carb are you addicted to? Oh, man, are you a troublemaker? Really? You know, I'm trying to drop some pounds. But then people are going to see me out eating and go, put that bread away for the love of God. Man. No, yeah, I mean, I, I love bread. I hate to say it. I love bread. What gets better with age? We all do. Human, humans, we get better with age. And we don't have a choice but to say that because I'm getting older. And so I've got to say I'm getting better with age. Favorite card game? I love, I, you know, I'm originally from Texas, so Texas Hold'em. What's the number one thing on your bucket list? Wow. Still on my bucket list. So I I love to play golf. And I the most surprising thing, I've been all over the world, literally. I can't even tell you how many countries I've been in. I've never been to Hawaii, so I want to play golf in Hawaii. And, and I do want to play in Augusta. This one's going to really drive you crazy. Favorite golfer on the PGA Tour right now? What am I going to say? Tiger Woods. What's the one thing that you want to do for others? I guess the, my, my dream is if I could give people knowledge, educate them on two things, the importance of rescuing a dog's life, understanding if you can, if you understand how this dog will change your life. Truly, it's a it's magic. And if you have children, get them a dog. It is so important. And know where that dog came from. Do not get it at a Walmart parking Second, I'm doing a new show with Marielle Hemingway on teen suicide. And if if I could give kids growing up today, if I could just let them understand that, that the pressure they're feeling today, if you just give it an hour, give it at five minutes, and that five minutes will buy you another 10 minutes, which will buy you another hour, which will buy you another 24 hours. It's so important because the pressure you feel now is not the pressure you're, you're going to have tomorrow. Parents, if you worry about your child, get them a dog, a pet that they can talk to because when they go in their room and shut that door, you don't know what they're thinking. If there's a love of a dog there and they have some responsibility, 
and they can talk and love on that dog, it will change their life. I promise you. Now, before COVID, you took the Statler Hotel in Dallas and made some amazing events. How will events, concerts, entertainment change in the next year? Well, the Statler is a very, very special place. And when their owner, Murdad Moyetti, came in and he said, Tommy, I want to bring back the entertainment to the Statler. I want to give it what it had. And and the biggest acts in the world, when I came through the central U.S. in the 50s and 60s, they played the Statler. It was a thousand-room hotel. You know, it was Tony Bennett. Everybody stayed there, and you know, from Sinatra to Elvis to, you know, and, and what was very, very, in the you know, Michael Jackson and the Jacksons performed there. And what was amazing, Tony Bennett played there at the first grand opening for Hilton back in 1956. And then when we did the reopening, it had been closed for like 18, 19 years. When we did the reopening, we brought Bennett back. So 70 years later, he comes back and played the second re-grand opening of the Statler Hotel. It was just fabulous. What a night it was. And that, that dude st- stood there for an hour and 40 minutes performing at 92 years old, stood by his piano and never missed a beat. He was just, it was an epic evening, I've got to tell you. And so we've done really, really cool things to bring that classic entertainment piece back to the Statler. And so I'm glad I could have been part of that. And we've been shooting shows there and we do a thing called movie night where we'll, I'll bring in friends of mine, the stars from different films and we'll show the movie. And then we break down scenes from the movie and we do it for a very small, intimate crowd so that, that they get to understand who this star is. And I try to give you really an intimate feel and get to know them on a personal level, just beyond what you see and read today. And and so we're doing neat things like that. I have a music show that we're developing out where we bring in young artists, very successful writers and artists, and then they work with young artists. And it's really a, a neat place. His favorite card game is Texas Hold'em. Loves eating bread. Who doesn't? C2 to the rescue on a CW station near you. Tommy Habib, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was such a treat for me, and I appreciate you letting me get on my soapbox. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.